Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Hello, shut-uppers. Bernie Shung here, co-founder and co-host of The Shut Up Show. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Episode 98 is a very, very special episode because for the first time in nearly 100 episodes, we feature my co-host, my buddy, Phil Gerbyshack. In this episode, we talk about how Phil has gone through some major transformation in his life, starting in eighth grade from when his guidance counselor told her he would amount to nothing in his life, and how he grew up in a small rural Wisconsin city and defied the odds to become everything he wanted to be, which was to make it great in life. In this episode, we talk quite a bit about how a lot of frustrations and challenges got in his way, but how he did brave through to the other side of that. I also want to give you a little bit of a teaser. There are some changes that are happening at the Shut Up Show, as you all are very well aware of, but you're not quite sure what those changes are. So in this episode, you'll hear a little bit about some of those changes, some of the new things that Phil's up to. In the following episode after this, you'll find out a little bit more about some additional changes that are happening. And in episode 100, I will unveil all of the amazing things that are happening to the show. Thank you all for being here. We couldn't have made it to 100 episodes without you. So have a listen, and I hope to see you next week. Are we on? Bernie, we are live. <laughs> what the heck is going on today? You know what's going on today is you're oh. normally the one who's like, and we are live. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, folks, the reason I'm crazy today is because we have a very, very, very special guest on the Shut Up Show. He's not here yet. Okay, Phil, go wait for a second. <laughs> wait for a second, Phil. Go, move your okay. head. Quick, move it. Okay. Welcome to the Shut Up Show, everybody. We have an amazing guest today, my dear friend, Phil Gerbyshack. <laughs> Phil hey, Gerbyshack, I don't know if I, if I need to give too much of an introduction, but I will give my best introduction because you definitely deserve it after nearly 100 episodes together here on the Shut Up Show. Anyway, for those who don't know me, Bernie Shung here, co-host and co-founder of the Shut Up Show, and I'm so excited we are nearing 100 episodes, and before doing so, I wanted to make sure that we got the guy who co-founded the Shut Up Show to get on, because we, we need to know who he is, what he's done, right, to, to have this opportunity to chicken dance and robot dance with Bernie <laughs> at the beginning. But even greater, um, there's been a lot of things that Phil has done to inspire and support me in the past, and I know we're going to talk about all of those things, but anyway, without further ado, my amazing and awesome friend and co-instigator of Making Shit Happen, Phil Gerbyshack, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernie. Delightful, <laughs> delightful to be here when I'm on kind of the same side and yet the other side of the microphone, right? It's so bizarre. 
because, like and you said, I'm. It's still right. What's crazy is I'm still kind of running running the reg here. I'm the per, <laughs> still the uh, the the key grip, if you will, and uh, I'm just not the host. So yeah. Hi. Yeah, this is going to be pretty awkward because usually you and I will kind of tag team the guests, and now yeah. I'm like, oh damn it, Bernie! Next question. That's you. That's you. Next question. Uh, so anyway, to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it would be such a great idea to get people to understand, you know, the background, where, where you came from, what led you on the path that you're on to be the co-founder of the Shut Up Show. And I know some people have heard that story in the pilot episode and some haven't. So I'm going to let you take the floor, give us the framework and build that foundation. Let us know really what were you doing before all of this craziness and what led you on the path now to be the co-instigator of the Shut Up Show, and all the amazing things you're doing at Advisology. Ah, uh, Bernie, you're sweet. So let's uh, let's see. Let's rewind a bit. Uh, let's talk, uh, let's go back maybe to even eighth grade, because I think that's a good time to go back to, when my fantastic guidance counselor, who Mr. Wayne Stiegelman, told me that, uh, you know, Phil, you should really take easy math because you're probably going to work at a gas station the rest of your life. And I remember that like it was yesterday. I can remember him telling me that. So trying to sign up for classes and me being like, fuck you. You know, I'm better than that, dude. So I got my mom to sign me up for, for harder math, and no lie, by the end of the first semester, my, uh, my instructor, my teacher, Mr. Crandall, had a quadruple bypass, and I helped do some teaching with the substitute teacher that we had. Now, I wasn't, you know, um, not saying I taught the class by myself. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I certainly helped teach some of the algebra that we were learning. And I continued to teach as much as I could and tutor uh, mostly kind of off-the-record stuff with my friends in high school. And I remember my junior year of high school, I really wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. And I had a good friend that was uh, that that... Uh, was the recruiter, and I thought I was going to do that, and he actually did such a great job. He got transferred over Christmas and came back, and the new recruiter couldn't do anything with me until summer, and he told me to piss off, basically. Just go away. You're useless to me. And so I decided, screw the Air Force. I'm going to do something else. So the Air Force was out. Wasn't a big fan of the Marine Corps. Uh, the Army guy, uh, the Army recruiter was a bozo. I didn't know about the Coast Guard, so the only normal... The only option left for me to leave Little Crivets, Wisconsin, Pop 996, where a minority was a German person, and I'd never ever thought I was ever going to do go, go beyond Crivets. Not that I thought I was going to work at the gas station, but I thought I'll work at the foundry or I'll work at uh, you know at one of the factories or something in town. You know, Marinette Marine is there, Pat's uh, farm equipment, uh, any of that stuff I could do. So. I went to join the Navy, and I wanted to be a nuclear engineer. Then I found out I was colorblind. This much colorblind, red-green. So if you notice, I wear bright colors not just so I can see them, but so that I can match them, so that I look decent. So if you ever see me and stuff doesn't match, just shut your mouth. It matches to me. No, tell me. I want to know. Just kidding, because I'll never wear that again. But I didn't know that. So I went down to join the Navy, um, and I... Couldn't be a nuke. Last test I had to take was for my color vision, and I couldn't do it. Couldn't pass it. So I ended up going into naval intelligence, which as many may say is an oxymoron, right? Military intelligence, ha-ha. Heard that one 100,000 times. 
And so I did that, uh, and really what that meant was in the 90s, my job was to deliver email by hand. So I did that, did that for four years, got out, went to school to be a teacher. My first email address was teacher at uwm.edu. Sadly, that doesn't forward to me. I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Ah! And anyway, so I did that for three and a half years, uh, dropped out of college, went to work in an internet service provider selling uh, internet and working in tech support, helping people do that. Went from there to Strong Investments as what something they told me I could never do, and that was I was a stockbroker. Yep, I was a stockbroker. I did online trading by hand, calculating options and derivatives and calls and puts and mutual funds and stocks and all sorts of crazy stuff in my skull. Really weird, 9-11 happened and I wanted to get back in IT and the job that I wanted at Strong was frozen. In fact, the job that I was hoping, expecting, planning to get, the guy left on that Monday before 9-11 to start his new job the following Monday at UWM and I never got to work in IT at Strong. I ended up moving to Robert W. Baird, got a job there, worked there and started uh, on the help desk, helping people again figure out how to use their computers, teaching them that. Did that for a while and in 2005 really kind of started my make a great journey. 030405, first blog that I wrote, thought that I wanted to be John Maxwell, Marcus Buckingham, uh, Tim Sanders, Steve Farber, uh, anybody but Phil Gerbischak, Seth Godin, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, General Hal Moore, uh, Bill Russell, all these folks that I, luminaries that I'd read about, that Tom Peters, all these luminaries I'd read about, heard about, that I saw as awesome people that were so much better than me. I thought that's who I wanted to be, so I started writing articles and basically just kind of recapping what they said and offering a little bit of spin on that. And I can remember to this day, uh, a couple years later, my buddy Steve Farber says to me, says, Gervishak, you want to know the secret to success? And I said, yeah, I do, Steve. What you got? Now, Steve, if you're listening, buddy, I know you don't sound like that, but I got to use the voice if I'm going to tell the story. Right? It cracks me up every time I hear the story, yeah. by the way. Gervishak, the secret to success is three words. Be more you. So, Farber, I love you, man. You changed my life with those three words. And that, and my buddy Kirk Wiesler helping me uh, get in front of audiences and doing some speaking. Chad Hymas, who taught me kind of the business side of speaking. Uh, in 2008, uh, I had enough courage because I got divorced. My, my wife at the time left me because she read my book, Ten Ways to Make It Great, and decided she wanted to make it great. She didn't want to be married to me anymore. So that was pretty awesome. Kind of shitty, but whatever. <laughs> And I decided At least you were right, right? <laughs> I was right. I was right. I was right. I, yeah. So, so she left, and I left corporate. Actually, I didn't leave. I gave a two-year notice. So in October, at my year-end review, I gave my two-year notice to my boss, Cindy, and she said, great. That means you got two years to find your replacement. Hooray. So I was working feverishly with social media stuff. I was doing coaching. I was running my own business, the Make a Great Institute, out of, my, uh, out of my house. I was coaching advisors. I was coaching folks on who, who want to improve their life, 10 Ways to Make a Great. Published my second book, Help Us Managers Crash Course, 
with my buddy Jeff Brooks. And in 2010, I left, and moments before leaving, published my third book with Joe Sorge and Scott Batinger, Twitter Works, about how to use Twitter for restaurants and small business, and left to fly on my own. And, of course, I, I neglected who helped kick me in the butt to write, and that's my buddy Ginsburg, Scott Ginsburg. Episode, I think, number two, right, Bernie? That is correct. Our first guest, but episode yeah. number two. Yeah, episode number two. So, Scott, dude, I love you too, man. Um, who's recently jumped back into corporate. Scott pushed my butt to get me blogging and writing in 2005. And so early in 2013, uh, after Bernie and I had spent a lot of time uh, becoming friends and getting to know each other and her leaving me and moving away and you know telling me she's never going to marry me and all this other <laughs> bullshit, I uh, decided that... Uh, that I should just see what's out there, see what's going on. And Bernie asked me if I want a podcast with her. And I said, what the heck? Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's covet our shut-up moments, right? Those times when in our head is like, hey, you're stupid. You're not good enough. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You can't do this. Or better yet, Mr. Stiegelman, Bill, you should really take slow math because you're going to work at the gas station. Fuck all of that. It was originally called the Shut the Fuck Up Show. <laughs> you wouldn't let me. I wouldn't and, let and you. I, and I think somebody took the F bomb uh, domain name anyway. So. They probably did. They probably did. The Shut the Fuck Up Show was not born. <laughs> Instead, it was just the Shut Up Show. And then our buddy Craig Price, who I actually talked to this morning, said, hey, it's about helping brave entrepreneurs, right? Shut up and make shit happen. So there we go. So here we are today. Uh, this is going to be episode number 98. That is correct. And so now, yeah, full-time, I'm doing the Advisology thing. I'm VP of Sales and Marketing with Katie Jansen, which is wicked fun, uh, helping financial advisors, working with financial advisors to basically build a book of business, more, more uh, referrals, more leads, more thought leadership, and ultimately more revenue. Okay, so there there is a lot in that. That wasn't even Reader's Digest. That was like seriously like Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm that was kidding. a lot. Wow. I, that was a lot, but I love how you sum it up because I always tell you every week how you're really really good at at your sound bites and summing things up. When I take a little bit more words to describe, you're really really good at at giving a nice yes. overview. But anyway, okay, I do I do have a question because we've talked about this before. Uh, backstage, but I'd yeah. love to hear you go a little bit more into great detail about starting pretty young in your life, you were told that you couldn't do something. You were told that you weren't good enough in so many words, right? But we didn't know what to call that back then. But obviously, these are very negative, you know, um, sabotaging thoughts and comments that leads us to be self-sabotaging if we don't know how to rise above that. So let me ask you, how have you worked through that in your life? Like, what do you do in terms of mindset strategies or tips and tools that you can share that you've actually done in your own life, Phil, to help break through that, Phil, you suck, to Phil, you can do this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the first thing, and this is pretty cocky or arrogant, if you will, but the first thing is I just know I'm awesome. And by that, it doesn't mean that I know I'm perfect. Right? My first book is called Ten ways to make it great. Somebody said, wow, that's, that's lofty. Why is that? Well, here's the thing. Make is a creation, something you have control over. So your mind is something you have control over. 
So I think about that, right? What can I create? And then great is a superlative. It's not perfect. It's not the best. It's just great. It's better than good. And then it is whatever the hell it is, right? Whatever is in the middle. And really, that it that could be my magnum opus, my my big ass idea that really has propelled my life. And I, I think in some ways it is, even though the book, um, even though the book isn't as awesome as I'd like it to be. Um, I think someday I'm going to rewrite that and really include some story. Um, but that's what it is. Is I just think about what can I create. So I make a lot of bad decisions. Um, not because I'm stupid, not because I don't learn, but I think as a human being, I just make bad decisions sometimes. I pick bad partners. I pick uh, people that don't fit with me. I've been a bad partner, made bad decisions on that. Um, this is no indictment on any one person. This is just truth. Um, I screw stuff up. So when I do, um, there's kind of two choices. One, Phil, you suck, or two, Phil, you need to learn from this. I always pick the learning. When days are long, and holy shit, in Milwaukee they're long right now. Um, and by long, I mean they're cold and they're dark and often they're miserable. When that's true, then it's a tough day, you know? And, and I just choose to suck it up and find something that I can do to make it a little better. Today, I'm actually wearing my Star Trek socks that are yellow, like my glasses today, because they make me smile. And I'm the only one that's going to see them. You know, if other people see it, they're yellow, but if I pull up my jeans, they're Star Trek yellow. Right? They're Captain Kirk socks. You know why I'm laughing, right? Because I see, so I saw something that a lot of people don't get to oh. see in your closet. <laughs> I have 400 pairs of socks, folks, maybe more. And I'm signing up for the Sock of the Month Club. So screw, screw you. More socks, Bernie. More socks. I got socks. More socks. This, there you have it, folks. More socks. Yeah. More socks to make it great with Phil Gerbishak. That's your next book. That's it. But, <laughs> if I could only have more socks for the people, that's perfect. Okay. I mean, so in so many words, you're saying yeah. that you're instead of because because here's what happens. You know, in the coaching that I do, I've I've learned that a lot of the times people create either bad habits or they automatically do things because something typically triggers them to behave yeah. that way. And for you, it sounds like if I'm typically triggered to do something, and maybe it's something I don't want to do, how can I proactively disrupt that automatic thinking and, and trigger something more positive, right, or something productive? Yeah. Does that sound pretty accurate? Yep, yeah, so it's just being intentional. So whatever you do, whatever comes your way, instead of reacting, pause. So that's how I lost weight. I lost 57 pounds, released 57 pounds, since December 2nd of 2012, and it is sometime in February today, and I'm not good with dates here, but it's sometime in February, and I'm down 57 pounds, and I didn't do anything radical. I did what I do with all of my life, and I took control, and I made intentional choices. So today, here we go. I have green tea. I actually have peppermint tea, but I have hot tea. There is no honey in here. There is no sweetener in here. There is no milk in here. There is no cream in here. It is just tea, which is basically just water. Okay? Previous Phil would have had a quadruple, dopio, opio, macchiato, caramel, <laughs> something with 1,200 calories and just eaten it and not thought about it. And it's funny because that was, that's not how I run my business. I am so intentional about the people I choose and I let into my life and my business, but I wasn't intentional with the shit I put in my mouth. Right. 
Okay, well, now that we're thinking about exercise, I knew that I needed a partner. Teresa Boyd, if you watch this episode, I love you for being my partner. She helped motivate my fat butt. Every morning at Planet Fitness, even though she hates mornings, she went with me for three months until I found a rhythm to working out. And then we set our goal of doing a 5K, and she ran in the freaking rain with me. She ran in the rain with me. That is an awesome friend. That is fantastic. So, um, yeah, So, but it was intentional. And now my team, you know, Nicole and Jen and Chelsea and our trainer Alex, I work out at Drench Fitness downtown Milwaukee, and we're just intentional. We're a team, and we get on each other's butts. Now, we don't do it in public. You're not going to see me on Facebook, hey, I missed the workout today. I've been sick for two weeks. I've not worked out. I'm going back tomorrow. I miss my team. I need to be accountable. Even if I can't push it as hard as I normally would, I feel out of rhythm and out of sync. And intention is gone, or intentionalness. Not intention, right? My intentions are still to go. To hell with intention. Be intentional. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And you know what? I, I recently heard somewhere, and I think, you know, I, I kind of intuitively known this for a while, too, but with your massive weight loss, which, by the way, didn't happen overnight. It happened no. over a span uh-huh. of over a year, right? Yep. So, yep. so it's gradual changes a little bit every day, right? Baby steps every day. But it's being able to endure the extra mile to see things manifest. But but it wasn't just, oh, Phil's eating less. It wasn't just, oh, Phil's working out every day. It was also Phil's being more intentional about his nutrition. Phil's being more intentional about his emotional health. Phil's surrounding himself with a different circle of friends. Phil is doing different activities now. Maybe Phil's sleeping on a different schedule. So you had to pretty much alter a lot of things in your life, right, to manifest yeah all of these changes, which is, you just want to feel better, right? You just want to feel healthier. You told me that recently. Yeah, absolutely. So so forget the weight release, and let's talk about feeling, right? For me, I just want more energy, and people who know me might laugh and say, dude, you do not need more energy. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I was wiped out. I was depleted, and there were days where I would spend three or four days in bed. I was depressed as hell. So you might have seen public fill. Woohoo, yeah, go full speed. And then he goes home. And he's dead. Just completely depleted. So I did have to surround myself with new people. Most of the people that are in my life now, again, intentionally, are there. They're by my choosing. And if they suck, they will not be there for long. And so, sorry, folks, but I choose me. And that's the thing that's, I think that's, if there's, you know, if there's two words that, that are, that are different for me, that is I'm first. And that might be, in some ways that's kind of selfish, but at the same time, the more me I I am, the more me I have to give, right? If my bucket is 100 gallons, I can give more than if my bucket's 10 gallons. So I'm really trying to make my bucket as big as I can so that I have more to give. And, and that's, that's hard, though. I'm not going to lie. There are days I don't have it. Like I said, I've been sick for two weeks. I've, not, I've been 80%, 70%, some days 20%. But I still bring it. I still give it what I got. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I just I love the story so much because I'm so glad you, you 
we brought it to this point where it's not just about this lofty goal to lose, you know, what, what's your total number, by the way, that you want to lose? Uh, 85 pounds. Okay, so 85 pounds. So most people on December 31st will say, I'm going to lose, you know, 80-something pounds, right, by December 31st of 2014. Yeah. And then whatever action plan they create under that is what they do. Most of the time it usually doesn't get done because we're so focused on the tactical, you know, result of losing X amount of pounds. But how about I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to wake up earlier, I'm going to go to sleep earlier, I'm going to not drink as much alcohol, I'm going to party less, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run more. So it's like creating different habits. We're going back to that again, creating different habits so that you can have more of what you want. And I'm sure somewhere on that list you had, I'm going to lose 80-something pounds, but I bet you the first top, the top three were something along the lines of, I want to feel better, I want to be healthier, I want to have more energy, I don't want to die young, right? Yeah. I, so so, so kind, of, kind of take us through that. You know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, how does shifting word choices, shifting the way you think, shifting the way you feel, how has that helped you to manifest a lot of the things that you succeeded? Number one, you know, you started a lot of different ventures, Phil. You've, you know, self-published a lot of awesome books. You are a professional speaker who stands on stage with a lot of amazing professional speakers and thought leaders out there. I mean, we started this show. You've lost weight. You've you became a runner basically overnight. So I can't even keep count, but you've, you've done a bunch of 5Ks, 10K, 15K. You know, you're probably going to be doing a half marathon soon. So how did you intentionally manifest all this stuff with what you've learned up to this point? I'd really love for you to kind of put it out there for everybody, if you could sum it up. Hmm. Sure. Well, in, intentionalness is, is probably my keyword there, and that is I really decided what I want and why I wanted it. I focused on my why. And then actually I read a book called Instant Influence by Michael Pantalon that really, it, it, it changed the way I think about things. It's kind of like go for no, except it's for influence. And I use it on myself, you can use it on others, but it's how motivated are you to achieve this goal? So for me it was how motivated am I to lose weight, to release this weight? And really I'm not motivated, I'm not going to lie, I'm not motivated at all to lose weight. And I still lost 57 pounds, right? I don't care. I'm not, I don't want to lose weight. I want to feel better. The outcome that I want, though, is that I, absolutely I'm going to see that on the scale because that's measurable, right? I like that metric, but truly, um, yeah, so I want more energy. And then the question, this is where instant influence comes in. Why are you not more or less motivated? So if you rank yourself on a 1 to 10 scale and you say you're 3 motivated, why aren't you a two or a one? Figure that out, and then it all became very clear. I'm like, wow, then I could self-talk myself into, well, you're doing this, and you're not doing less, because this is your why, and this is why not. So I focused on those things, and then I, I just put everything through that blender, through that filter, and that really helped me. That really helped me a whole bunch. So when I think about why not more, why not why more, instead I think about why not more or why not less. So I focused on that and I really worked hard at that and I just, like I said, I strained that through everything, I got more, got more, got more, more motivated, more encouraged, found a team, surrounded myself with smart people 
ask good questions, and I do that in all my life, right? Like, I don't know. I, I know a lot about business. I don't know everything about business. I know enough about business to be dangerous, but I don't know everything. So for me, it's about learning more. It's about learning more about me, right? Starting with how, how much I know about me, and then really spending time with me and how I get to do stuff. So it, it's not easy. It's so worth it, though. It's so worth it to have, um, you know, to, to have, be released of that weight. I have more energy, more encouragement. Um, I sleep better. I used to have a CPAP machine that I used to have to sleep with because I would snore so loud. I barely snore now. Losing weight helped that. I used to have really bad high blood pressure, needed a lot of pills to keep that under control. I stopped that as well. So all these things that really kind of sucked about my life, about who I was, really changed. And it's really good. It's really good. And, and those other people that I surrounded myself with, that's really good too. Folks like Bernie, folks like my new business partner, Katie Jansen, folks like that that have really helped my life be better. So people matter, decisions matter, intention matters, and then ultimately it's about action and determination. So doing something over and over and over and over again, and then being determined that even when you fall off, like I've been gone 10 days, not been in the gym in probably two weeks, I'm going back tomorrow. I'm not going to whine, oh, I've been in two weeks, and so I'm never going to go back. No. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to go back. I'm going to make a difference in my own life. And I'm doing it for me, right? I picked me first, and that's, that's important, right? I, I picked me first so that I can be more me, right? To get back to the Farber thing, I want to be more me. I want 100, 100 in my bucket. I want 500 in my bucket. I want 1,000 in my bucket because I want to give more. It's not selfish to want to give more. The better you are, the more you can give to other people. So my encouragement, my challenge is how can you outgive those people in your life that really and truly need to be given to? So some of that are people that you don't even know. Some of that is that person on the freeway when it's five below frickin' zero here in Milwaukee and you don't know them and you give them a couple bucks. I'm going to tell you, if you think those people are scamming, you have a very cynical outlook on life. I'm not telling you they're not. Okay, let's be clear. I'm not telling you they're not, but they might not be. So I want to encourage you. I want you to think about that. Right? I want you to really think about that. And if you think they're scamming, that's probably an indictment on you. Second thing is think about next to your family. How can you help them, especially if they can't help you first? Um, focus on them. Try to give them as much as you can. I love on my family as much as I can. Sometimes I'm an asshole, so uh, mom, dad, Paul, and Patrick, I'm sorry, guys. Not perfect, um, but I try my best. And then third is think about those that you surround yourself with that you, you can kind of envelop in love, that you can envelop in love. And if they're not adding to your goals, then chances are they're taking away from them. So I want to encourage you also to surround yourself with those. Be intentional as much as you can. 
Now, unfortunately, Bernie fell out, so we're going to close this with kind of a, hey, where can we find more about Phil? Well, of course, you can do that at the Shut Up Show, but I want to talk to you real quick about my new venture, Advisology.com. And I just want to tell you, if you're in financial services, we can help you. That's something that we do. We work with you to integrate social media into your existing sales process. Advisology.com. We're writing articles. And then at the end of this month, on the 21st, I'm actually doing a con some stuff for charity. Some stuff for charity. So that's pretty cool, too. So I'll be doing that um, for, um, for uh, Applebee's. Applebee's, I think, has to do with uh, they're partnering with some charity, or maybe they have a health chat. I can't remember, but just pay attention to my Twitter, at Phil Gerb. We'll talk about that. And then eventually I'm going to be writing a book called Fat to Fit to 40 to teach you how to be more fit and move from blah, which is where I was, to fit to 40. So that's a wrap. That's the Shut Up Show. Episode number 98 with this guy, Phil Gerbyshack, and my friend Bernie, who dropped out. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Make it a great day. Thank you for joining the Shut Up Show. It was another amazing episode, and we really appreciate you being here. If you don't want to miss another episode, simply go to our homepage and click the subscribe button or go to theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and we'll deliver an episode to you one to three times a week. If you haven't already done so, please consider leaving us a star rating and comment on iTunes. That's the only way we can prove the show just for you. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Sells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. If you want seriously simple selling, you got to go check them out today. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.